Hey there, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Pixies, and I'm going live today with a podcast recording. Now, you might be listening to this on replay, or you might be joining me live. And if you are joining me live, you can always participate in the conversation. So first and foremost, uh, I'm wearing an amazing, wonderful, beautiful t-shirt that has my name on it, Joy. And um, I want to thank Palm Tiddly Palm for this gorgeous uh, top because I love wearing it. It brings me joy to wear it and uh, it's nice and shiny. And so thank you very much for that. Um, today, I want to talk about manifesting your dream job. And the reason I want to talk about this is that in my community or in the Tech Pixies community, it's not really my community anymore, it's our community. Um, there's a lot of people who are trying to get work, whether that's uh, working for someone else or they're working for themselves and they're trying to get clients. Uh, so it's that sort of ideal dream client, ideal dream job. And um, I wanted to give you a taste, number one, of what our Monday Mindset Talks feel like. So Monday Mindset Talks are me on Monday, every every Monday uh, during our term time, right? While we're while we're coaching people, uh, and I I go live for thirty minutes and I share a piece of wisdom that I have gleaned over decades of experience or in the last week from whatever I've been reading to reading or listening to. I'm an avid reader um, and I read with Audible, so it's a different type of reading. It's reading by listening, but that works really well for me, and I listen to basically a book a week. And um, for those of you who know me, you know, I've got the joy book club, techpixies.com forward slash joy book club, which is where you can grab all of the books that I've been reading. And I, um, I need to update that and add some more books to it. Um, but I, I, I share some pieces of wisdom in Monday mindset with our students uh, about different things and different thoughts that I have. And it's been clear talking to some of our students, particularly from ethnically diverse backgrounds, that getting a job is a challenge and it's a lot harder for someone from an eth ethnically diverse background uh, or a neurodiverse background um, to get a job than it might be for someone who has uh, not got the same challenges in getting a job, right? So someone like me, right, who might be um, blonde and white-skinned and not have neurodiversity uh, either in, that I'm dealing with or in my household. So um, I, I have worked with so many women for so long that I've seen the challenges. I may not have personally experienced the challenges, but I've seen the challenges. And one of the things that I want to talk about are some people I've seen make great progress despite the challenges, but I also want to, in the next few weeks, invite people onto the podcast who can help uh, advise people who need more support in getting a job. But before we get into those conversations, I really want to take a minute and I want to talk about what it means to manifest your dream job. And, uh, and really, it's and you could manifest your dream client, you could manifest your dream job, you can manifest your dream spouse. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things you manifest. And let's just talk about the word manifest, because I know that's a little bit woo-woo for some people. Um, I, I view the word manifest as bringing into reality something that you would love, that you don't currently have in your world right now. And there have been times in my life where I have manifested things and I didn't realize I was manifesting them. Uh, and 
I think the the key here is that you're manifesting something that you would love. That's why we call it your dream job, your dream partner, right? Your dream client. And I'm going to focus specifically on the quadrant of your life, which is around your vocation and creative expression. So those of you who know me and have known me for a long time, uh, you know I'm a certified dream builder coach. I'm also a certified life mastery consultant, and I'm a certified um, neuro coach. And I've spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours the last couple of years coaching women through the challenges that they face in all areas of their life. And um, the four areas that we have been focusing on at Tech Pixies for the last probably year, year and a half, have been love and relationships, health and well-being, time and money freedom, and vocation and creative expression. And that is really, really important to, you know, to simplify your life. I'm going to focus on these four areas. Uh, and when I first started Tech Pixies, we had a whole wheel of life and there were like eight areas. And actually, once I got some additional training, I really liked the concept of four areas of your life. So manifesting your dream job falls into the quadrant of your vocation and creative expression. And we have a vision workshop that we run on a regular basis. I run it every single month. The next one that we're going to run is on July 11th. So if you're listening to this on the recording, we've already had it, but you'll be able to go and watch the replay. Um, it's a three hour session uh, and we have a one hour replay that we can um, provide for you if you're, if you want to watch that. Um, but the, 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 the key on the vision workshop is I talk about three things, right? I talk about what would I love, right? We, we look at where the longing and discontent is in our life and we leverage that to help us understand what we would love. So a lot of people that I speak with, if a job is ending, the longing and discontent is I'm longing for a new job and I'm discontent about the idea that I'm going to not have money coming in, right? So that's the longing and discontent. And then the question is, what would I love? Well, I would love a new job. But what I see happening a lot with women is that they will get any job. They'll take any job. And two things I want to tell you right now. You don't need to take any job. We're in a, we're in a job market and an economy where, uh, you know, it's the great resignation. People are leaving because there's better opportunities than there have ever been. And there's a big shortage in uh, technical jobs, jobs that have a digital skill set. So if you're upskilling with modern technology, which is what we talk about at Tech Pixies, you know, upskilling with social media, upskilling with other things um, like AI or virtual reality or, you know, anything that you're upskilling on a more technical basis, like the future of the jobs, you're going to have a really good chance of getting a job. Um, and digital marketing, social media is one of the jobs that are in demand because every company needs it, right? So the key here is what would I love? And to focus on what you would love, you know, not just take every job that you can get. Now, here's the flip side of this. When I speak to our students who have ethnically diverse backgrounds or neurodiverse backgrounds, they have a different challenge. They see all of these jobs out there and they're applying for them like crazy, but they're not getting them. And uh, I, I spoke to one of our students the other day. She said she'd made what felt like 2,000 applications. And that's the challenge. Uh, people are making lots of applications. But here's what I know. So I have upskilled myself uh, in artificial intelligence. I am starting to understand how artificial intelligence works, how you might be able to incorporate artificial intelligence into, uh, into training, learning, because artificial intelligence, I think, is one of the things that's going to be ubiquitous and already is more prevalent in our lives than we realize. The algorithms 
you know, a lot of these algorithms that we see, they're run off of artificial intelligence. Um, and that's really important for us to understand because there's an element of artificial intelligence that is, you know, learns the, mach the machine learns off itself and we're no longer in charge, right? So back up for a second. And how does artificial intelligence impact recruitment? Well, it impacts recruitment massively because when you are putting out an application to one of those, you know, big websites that has tons of applications that they accept, et cetera. It's not that it's not like a human is sitting there looking at every single application that comes in. That would be impossible, especially given the demand of jobs. So what's happened is recruiters have created uh, algorithms, many of them artificially uh, and artificial intelligence enhanced, which are pre-screening the um, the applications. And in some cases, an artificial intelligence uh, fake person, right? A deep fake um, will interview you. So I, I, this is the crazy thing in all this artificial intelligence training I'm doing. I'm learning that number one, the person who picks, who gets the interview is not a person, it's a computer. And then the second part is the person who does the interview is not a person, it's a computer. And this is an interesting thing because artificial intelligence is uh, biased uh, based on who built the software and also based on what the inputs were, right? So this is very important to understand. So what happens is on a, in a good way, they've been able to identify it's biased. In a bad way, they've been able to identify it's biased. So when they were looking um, in this one study that I saw, when they were when they were looking at a recruitment software, what they realized was that if you had an African or an Asian name, you were not being selected for the next round. Like if you had an African or an Asian name, basically you were getting chucked out of the system. And so that is one of the problems that's happening. Uh, Amazon had a, had a program that was uh, running off of AI to recruit people to work uh, for them. And it basically identified that unless you were male, you weren't a good fit for the job. And so it stopped, it basically, chucked women out of the system. And of course they stopped that and they stopped using that um, system. But this is one of the downsides of these systems is when you don't know there's an inherent bias and then you discover there's an inherent bias. So the first thing we have to realize is that a lot of these, um, these websites, these job websites where you're putting up your CV and you're doing all this work to, you know, adjust the CV and adjust the cover letter to include all the keywords so that you don't get chucked out. There's other elements that are being taken into account, like your name. And this is why it's important, you know, to, you know, when I'm not suggesting you change your name, but I'm just making you aware of the situation. So how do we deal with this? How do we get around it, right? Um, interestingly enough, with uh, this gal that's had you know, she's she's put what she says feels like 2,000, 3,000 applications out. She's now getting recruited in her inbox, in in LinkedIn, in InMail, where people are messaging her and saying, hey, will you apply for this job? And she's going for the jobs. But this has been interesting as well to watch her go through the process of receiving a, an inquiry and going, hang on, number one, do I love this? Do I want to do it? Um, number two, do I have the skill set for it, etc. And here's Another little thing that I think um, Cheryl Sandberg was really, really great about writing about in her book, Lean In. Now, love the book Lean In or not, one of the things that she talks about is how women do not go for jobs unless they are 100% sure they can do the job. Now, men will go for a job even if they're not 100%, even if they're like 60%, because they just have this um, 
this feeling like, oh, okay, I can just figure it out or this thought, I can just figure it out. And one of the jobs I'm trying to do as you know, the founder of Tech Pixies and also the, I guess, the head neuro, neuro coach at Tech Pixies is help people to see that it's really important to, you know, focus on what you would love, but also know that everything is figure outable. So the book by Marie Forleo, Everything is Figure Outable, is brilliant. There's a new book out um, by Lisa Bilyeu called um, Radical, uh, Radical Confidence, and that's brilliant. And both of the premises of those books are that I can figure it out, and I, and I will figure it out, and I did figure it out. And really, both of those women have built very, very, very successful businesses, and they have very different backgrounds. Um, Lisa Bilyeu, it comes from a Greek uh, background, and um, uh, Marie Forleo comes from a, I think it's a Jewish New York background, right? So, um, I, you know, and neither of them have chosen to have children. They've focused on their businesses. Now, there's people out there that have created successful businesses and who have children. So both of those books are about business owners. They're not about jobs. But what I want you to understand about both of those books is that they focus on the concept that everything is figure outable. If I can learn one thing, I can learn another thing. So you can go for a job knowing you don't have to have 100% of the skills. You just have to have the ability to convey to the person that you're working for that you can figure things out and that you love the challenge and you love the opportunity. And here's the thing. Here's the thing I know about dream building. And if we go back to the very first step, the very first step is what would I love, right? And what I know about that is when we lean into what we love, we have a lot of ants that come marching out, right? Automatic negative thoughts that come marching in. And, you know, you say, well, I would love to host a talk show on, you know, the radio, or I would love to host a talk show on TV, or I'd love to write a bestseller book, or I'd love to have a career that pays, you know, 120000 a year, or I'd love to have a career that pays 60000 a year, or I'd love to have a career that pays 30000 a year. There's ants that come marching out that say you can't do that, right? And someone who's watching this live right now, Kelly says, the ants are so loud. They are. They are. They're, they're loud and they crawl all over you, right? Oh. So these automatic ne negative thoughts, they stop you from moving forwards. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. There are steps you can take to move through the ants in order to move towards the thing that you would love. So we have to understand this is a very important part of this process. As you lean into a job you would love, you're going to have ants that come marching out. And these are effectively part of the three Ds, okay? So distraction, dissuasion, DEF CON, and all the reasons why you can't do that. That's what dissuasion is. So distraction is like, okay, I'm, I need to, you know, I want to I want to sit down and think about the dream, my dream job, and then I need to take action towards that. And the kitchen needs cleaning. And the garden needs clean, <laughs> organizing and tidying. And my kid's bedroom needs cleaning, right? So we go into this, we go into this place where we, we just go do something else because actually taking time for ourselves to really write down the ideal job that we would love means that we, we are leaning into this dream and there's a lot of uncomfortableness that comes with that. So recognizing distraction, dissuasion, DEFCON, right? And these ants, automatic negative thoughts that come out is really, really important. So Dissuasion is when you talk yourself out of it. And that's the primary type of ant that we work at work with at, at Tech Pixies. So for example, uh, you see a job that you would love and you don't put yourself forward with it because you don't think you're good enough, right? 
that is dissuasion. I'm not good enough for that job. You know, they probably don't want me in that job, like blah, blah, blah. That is dis dissuasion, talking yourself out of it. That's the primary ant that I work with at Tech Pixies, okay? But the other two, distraction and DEF CON are really important. Now, what's DEF CON? DEF CON is like your, it's that fight, flight, or freeze. You just, you just can't move. You can't do what you need to do, right? So here's the thing. The trick to getting through those three things, uh, dissuasion, distraction, and DEF CON, overcoming these ants, is number one, to refocus on the vision. What would I love? Okay, I say this all the time to our students. What would I love? Get focused on that. Because physiologically, your body changes when you focus on something you love, right? When we sit down and focus on a world that we do not want to have happen and a world we do want to have happen, there's two physiological reactions to that, right? Think about it this way. When you get an unexpected bill and you don't know how you're going to pay for it, right? I had a dream builder, one of our dream builders. This happened to her. She had an unexpected bill and she didn't know what she was going to do about it. But instead of, you know, she's been trained by me, instead of going down a rabbit hole and going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I you know, I can't, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay? She, she then shifted and she said, right, there's got to be a way to pay for this. What can I do to get this sorted? And she sort of just started thinking about what the things that she could do to take care of the bill. And um, within a couple hours, someone emailed her and said, I have uh, she owns a cleaning company and the state, there was an estate that called her and she hadn't worked for them for seven years. And they called her and they said, can you come in and do a big clean job? And, you know, we'll pay you and everything. And because it was an estate, it was a higher payment. Anyway, she got exactly the amount that she needed to pay for this other bill. That is manifesting in its own right. Instead of going down this rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then shifting it to, there's got to be a way to do this. I just don't know what it is yet. Hey, God. Hey, universe. Let's find a solution, right? We're co-creators in this world. Um, let's find a solution. What, what could the solution be? And it came to her out of the blue. But that's because her focus was not on the rabbit hole. It was on what she wanted. She wanted to figure out a way to pay for this bill. So when you're in this situation and you're looking at jobs to apply for and you're saying, well, I'm not good enough, we need to change that. And we need to say, why am I good enough for this job? Am I a person who loves learning? Do I have an open mindset? Right. You know, and focusing on that. OK, so here's the other part of this. And this is the five point test. And this is really important for this dream job. So let's say you do take the time and really you only need to take 10 to 30 minutes. Let's say you take the time, 10 to 30 minutes, and you write down your dream job. You write down everything about it that you can, that comes to you. Okay. So I, I know Mandy's watching live. Mandy had made some lovely comments earlier about the fact that you know, she felt that as a dyslexic person, she was unable to get work. And actually our course helped her realize that a lot of creative people are dyslexic and there's a lot she can do socially uh, on social media that is uh, really creative and doesn't require a lot of writing, for example, videos. And she's doing that really well. And so one of the things to think about is, you know, when you think about what I would love, think about how you work and what your skills are and what your skill sets are and take that time. You know, Mandy, she doesn't want a job that requires a lot of reading and writing, but she is a creative person. So when she thinks about the job, she's 
She's got to think about the creative side of the job. She's got to think about all the things she loves on the creative side, right? She loves to do videos and that's what works for her. So that's part of her dream job doing videos. And I see her doing videos all the time, which I absolutely love. So when you're sitting down and writing this dream job, write the things that you love doing, right? What do I love doing? I do not love reading paperwork. Do not put me in a job where I have to sit down and read copious amounts of paperwork. That will drive me absolutely batty. I'm like Mandy. I'm very creative. I also really like video. And that's a medium that I, that I really enjoy doing, right? I enjoy interviewing people. I enjoy, you know, coaching people. Those are the things that I love, right? And that's what I lean into. But here's the deal. When you think about your dream job, you just write all the things that you would love to do and just get, get that out. And then think about how it would make you feel to have that job. That's getting on the vibration of the job. And what people do when they're about to, you know, when one job's ending and they haven't got another one, they just panic. And they sit in this place of, I don't have a job, I don't have a job, I don't have a job, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job. That vibrational tone, that energy is very, very, very low. And it doesn't, it doesn't speak the language of abundance. It doesn't connect with the infinite. It doesn't, you know, if we're really truly, if we truly believe that we live in an infinite universe where there's infinite ideas, right? All you have to do is think about the infinite number of flowers there are, the infinite number of species there are. We live in an infinite universe. So if we really truly believe that, then we have to believe that there's an infinite number of jobs that we could do. And we just haven't found the one that we would love yet. And we have to get into the vibrational tone of here's what I would love before we go do the job search, because we go into the job search with a completely different viewpoint. I have coached a lot of women into interviews, right? They're going into interviews for jobs. I had one student in particular, she posted a video in our group and her energy was very low and she was at the very edge of, you know, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I've been trying to flat, get a job for so, so, so long. And it's not working for me. She uh, ran a cleaning business herself, different, different students. She was a cleaner and she really wanted to stop cleaning. And she really wanted to have a job using her amazing communication skills. And, um, but, but when, as soon as I thought, saw the video, I, I literally, I messaged her, I emailed her, I called her. I was like, you and I have to talk for like 10 minutes because you have to change your vibration. You have to change your energy. So if I say vibration, what does that mean? Quantum physics, light theory, string theory, everything is moving. Everything is vibrating. When you hold your chest and you speak, you can feel the vibration of that. So even if we can't see the movement, we know scientifically things are moving all the time, right? This is a fluid universe. Things are moving all the time. So energy moves all the time. And people can feel your energy. So part of getting your dream job is also manifesting the dream energy that you need to take into the job application, that you need to take into the job interview. So I got on the call with her and I coached her through it. And I said, look, before you walk into the next few interviews, she had two interviews lined up. I said, I really want you to, and she had one in particular she was really excited about. I said, I really want you to imagine it all worked out. Imagine that they can't, they, you know, they hit shake your hand across the table and say, you're perfect for this job. We can't, you know, we want you on board. I'm getting chills when I think about it. I said, I want you to imagine, imagine that it's all worked out before you walk into the interview, you know, and um, I can't remember what book it was. I'm pretty sure it was Sheryl Sandberg as well, but someone spoke about, um, you know, going into the bathroom and doing the power pose and, you know, I can do this and pumping yourself up before you go in the interview. It's a real thing and you have to do it because you have to bring an energy to the room that says, I want more of that. 
I want more of that. I want more of that on my team. I want more of that in my business. I want more of that with my customers, right? So if you walk into an interview and you're not sure about yourself and you're not happy with your situation and you're scared about not being able to pay the bills next month, they're going to see right through it. And I have now interviewed many, many women for jobs at Tech Pixies. And I, I, I see the other side. It's very interesting when you're an employee and then you switch to being an employer and you have a complete appreciation for the difference that a, an employee and an employer have to deal with, right? So very important to understand that there is a huge difference when you're applying for a job and when you're hiring someone. But no matter what that difference is, there's energy that's being exchanged in the interview. There's energy that's being exchanged in the job application and in the CV. So very important that you pump yourself up, that you that you know what you love before you walk in there and that you can see it all working out. Even if it doesn't work out, you walk in as if it's going to work out because the energy that you walk in with is going to be much better than the energy that you would have walked in with thinking that I'm at the end of the rope. This is this is the end of the line. If I don't get this job, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. It's very important to make that shift because they can feel it and you can feel it, but you might not realize how important that is. Okay. So the five questions that you have to ask yourself when you've written your dream job spec. So you sit down and you've man you've written your dream job job. And here's what manifesting is. Manifesting is putting your putting what you want out into the world, right? That's why business plans for businesses are important. Because even if you don't stick to the business plan, having a business plan has a direction that you move in, right? Having a dream job, which is effectively your business plan if you're trying to return to work or you're trying to change careers, having a dream job spec is like having a business plan. It says, this is what I would love. This is what I would love. And by writing it down and by speaking it and by listening to it and by visiting it every single day, you will create the, the the vibrational tone that you need, okay? The five questions you ask yourself after you've written your dream job are these. Does it light me up, right? Does this job description light me up? Number two, is it in alignment with my core values? Is what I'm doing in this dream job in alignment with the things that I care about, right? Number three, does it require me to grow? Do I, do I, do I need to grow in order to do this job? Listen, if you're applying for a job and you know 100% how to do it, it's not going to require you to grow. And it's very important that whatever you're doing, you're growing because we are an ever-expanding, we live in an ever-expanding universe, right? We want to grow. By nature, we want to grow. And that's, you know, trees want to grow. Flowers want to grow. We live in a universe that wants to grow. Why would we expect ourselves not to want to grow? So third question is, does it require me to grow? Fourth question is, you know, do, do, I, do I require help from a higher power? Now, higher power could be God, could be the universe, could be infinite intelligence. It could also be a mentor. <laughs> like, do I, just, do, I, do I need someone who can mentor me through doing this job? Because most people aren't expecting that you're going to take a job and know absolutely everything. I know we think they think that, but we don't. And, you, you know, is, will it require help from someone in order for me to make the growth that I need to make, right? And then number five, is there good in it for others? Is there, if me, if I take this job, is there good in it for others? And if you can answer yes to all five of those questions, that dream job is a great spec, okay? So you create your dream job. And then the next part of this, when we're dealing with the ants, right, is you write down all the skills that you already have that make you a great fit for that dream job. 
right? So you really focus on what do I, what are the skills I can bring to the table to do this job? And um, I had a, one of our, our masterminders the other night was talking about a job that she went for and uh, she put herself forward and she said, I was in the middle of an interview and I was telling them all the things that I could do. And she said, and suddenly she started, she started talking about the things that she didn't do well. And she said, I stopped myself. I stopped myself and I didn't let myself carry on. Right. And it's not that you're in this situation where you're like, I'm good at everything. It's a situation of I'm not going to sell my bad points. <laughs> I'm going to sell my good points in this job interview. Right. And that is really, really important is sell the good points. And that's what I want you to do. You create the job spec and then you write down all the skills that you've got that say, I can do this. And if one of your skills is I learn quickly or I love learning, then that's a brilliant skill for any job, right? And that growth mindset is really important to bring into a job. Okay, now the third step for this, this is very important. This is very, very important. We have to befriend fear. We have to befriend fear in order. The things that we want are on the other side of fear. And whenever fear shows up, it's a sign you're going in the right direction. So what does that mean? That means that we have to go for the jobs that we're scared to go for that might be one step further than where we are because that's where the learning and the growth happens, right? And we have to take action. So how do we, how do we break through this cycle and actually take action? Focus on the vision. What would I love? And what's one action I can take today towards that? Now, there's another key piece here. Uh, and, and that is, and I know I've given you a lot of key pieces, but there's another key piece here. I'm going to tell you some news, some information you may or may not know about applying for jobs. But what I will tell you is your network is where you're going to get a job. And you may apply on all of those recruiter sites and everything else. And you may feel like my student who has done two to 3000 applications and is burnt out of sending these things off. If that's happening to you, the very next thing you need to do is look at your network. Look at your network and say, who do I know that's connected to people doing the things I would love to do? And how can I connect with them to let them know I am in the market for a job and this is what I'm looking for? Very important because you're not likely to get a job you would love just off the internet. And if you're listening to this and you've been beating your head against the wall trying to get a job off the internet, I want you to really, really take some notes here. Write down all the names of people that you know that are in the industry you want to be in and reach out to them and say, I am I'm looking for work right now. Here are my skill sets. Guess what? You've done your skill sets. Guess what? You've written your dream job. If you go to these people who you love and who know, like, and trust you, and you say, here's the dream job that I'm looking for, and here's the skill set that I bring to the table, can you help me find something, or do you know someone who's looking for this skill set? That is going to be much better for you in terms of getting a job. Now, I'm not saying don't work with recruiters. I would say work with recruiters that that understand your needs and can support you. So there's amazing organizations, um, you know, like uh, two to three days um, and I think nine to three jobs. And, you know, there's, there's amazing flexible recruiters. So if you're looking for flexible work, then yes, I would go down the flexible, flexible work route and talk to those recruiters. I think you'll also find there's people who specialize in helping people with from ethnically diverse backgrounds to get work specifically 
um, and you need to go find them as well. And we will, in the show notes, um, do some research and put some links to recruiters who specifically work with people from ethnic um, diverse backgrounds to help them get work because I know those uh, organizations exist. So we'll find them and put them in the show notes. But really what I want you to know is if you've done the work and you've written the job description and you've written the skill set that you have, that's a much powerful piece of information to then give to someone to ask them if they know anyone who might be able to help you find a job, right? So I always practice what I preach. You know, I would never tell you something that I wouldn't do myself. So if I were trying to manifest my, my dream job, these are the steps I would take. Number one, write down the dream job. Number two, write down all the skills that I have that help that, that, that are in alignment with that dream job. And if I don't have all the skills, write down that I am a lifelong learner and I love figuring things out and everything is figure outable and the skill sets that I don't yet have, I can go and figure out, right? That's the line that you write down. And then the next thing you think about is, okay, what's one thing I can do in the step in the right, in the direction of this, this dream, in the direction of this dream job. And that is think about all the people, you know, that um, may be able to help you. And then you send them that information and you say, this is what I'm looking for. And as soon as you've written it down and as soon as you've got it on paper and as soon as it's out in the world, that's when things start to happen. That's when the universal laws, the unseen forces start working in your favor, right? If you've not read it yet, please read um, the book by Paulo Coelho, which is called The Alchemist. I read it every single year. I started reading it to my kids at Christmas time. I love that book because it's about a shepherd boy on a journey to find his treasure. And for many people, your dream job or your dream business or your dream client that in the in the quadrant of vocation and creative expression is the focus. Right. So he was trying to manifest his or he was trying to you know, find his treasure and he goes on this journey to do it. And one of the things that Paulo Coelho says in the book is when, you know, effectively, I'm going to paraphrase here, but when the universe knows your dream, it conspires to make it happen. But it can't know what your dream is until you put it out there, until you write it down. Okay. So if you're listening to this live, I would encourage you to go to techpixies.com forward slash vision workshop and join our July 11th vision workshop. If you listen to this on replay and you've missed it, the next date will be available. So you can join us um, either in August or September or, you know, whatever month we, we run one every single month. But I really want you to take some time and say in the area of my vocation and my creative expression, what would I love and what skills do I bring to the table and start getting that out into the world. And like I said, we will in, um, in the show notes, put some information about organizations who can help you find flexible work or who can help you find work if you're from an ethnically diverse background. And I'm going to be bringing on some guests. So if you know someone who's helping in this area, I would love to interview them because it's fair to say I uh, benefit massively from white privilege and we need to bring on speakers onto this podcast who understand how to navigate uh, the navigate the other side of that. And we have many, many students in our community that need to navigate the other side of that, also from a neurodiverse perspective as well. So if you know someone amazing, uh, let me know. I would love to do that. All right. Now, I want to just go through some of the comments. Uh, again, if you're listening to this, this is what a Monday mindset feels like at Tech Pixies. And uh, our self-study members get access to the Monday mindset if they um, have the annual membership. And uh, all of our uh, social media management certification students get access to the Monday mindset. 
mindset, but this is just a little snippet of the sort of work that I do in the Monday mindset, help that help our students navigate some of the challenges that they're facing. All right. Um, Dart says, I'm stuck in the, I need a job, but worried about being out of work for so long. Plus, how am I going to make the childcare work? Feels like I'm going round and round in circles. I hear that. I hear you. And that's what I'm saying. Set that to the side and think about what you would love. So in your case, you would love to have a job that works with childcare, right? And that's really important to you. So put that on your dream job spec and, and be clear about the hours that you want to work, right? One thing I love about social media is it's very flexible. And one of the reasons we have so many women who want flexible careers getting their social media management certification is because of the flexibility that it gives them. Uh, and, and that allows you to work around your families. Uh, Abby's uh, listening on Facebook. She says vision workshop is such a good starting point for a journey. Yes. So definitely come and attend that. Um, Kelly says, Oh my God, I needed this today. 100% did not realize I was well into the three D's today. Refocus. And thank you for sharing that. It's so, so, so true. Um, and let me just throw a little fun manifestation story out. Uh, and, you know, at the end of this, um, and I, 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 this is more of a personal story. This is the love and relationship side of the, you know, the four quadrants. When I was 19 years old, uh, I was watching the uh, St. Catherine's uh, World Championships for rowing. And the men's eight, the, the, the American men's eight, was leading the charge. They were they were winning the race and they'd won all of their races for the last few years. So it was sort of expected that they were going to win this. But all of a sudden the British eight pulls forward and passes the American eight. And the, the announcer says, oh my gosh, this has not happened since 1912 that a British crew has pulled out in front of an American crew. And he was really excited, really, really excited about it. And they're talking about it, talking about it. So at the end of the race, the Americans pull through and they win, but the Brits get second. And now if you know the end of the story, in 2000, the Brits go on to win the gold medal in the eight and in the four. But here's the deal. After the race is finished, they go and they do interviews with the athletes. And I love athlete interviews. Um, I love interviews with people who are successful because it really um, helps me to understand how uh, how it works, right? So, um, so anyway, how 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 sorry how a high achiever's brain works. That's what I'm trying to say. So they go to the interviews and they interview the American athletes, and the American athletes have their sunglasses on and they're like you know, we're, we won everything for the last like year or five years. We're going to win everything next year. You know, we're the best. I mean, they had like 35 gold medals at that point. And they were really, dare I say it, cocky. And I'm American. I was really disappointed actually in their behavior. And then the, uh, then the Brits come on and they, they interview the captain of the team, which is this very handsome, you know, kind of a, you know, blonde, long hair, Adonis, um, really, really handsome guy. And they're interviewing him and they're saying, you know, what's, what was it like, you know, being in this boat? And he said, I'm just so proud of the guys. They pulled together as a team. They did an amazing job. You know, it's an incredible team effort. And I'm just so, so proud of them. <laughs> and um, I said, I was 19 years old. And I said out loud, I'm going to marry that man one day. And I kid you not, I, I I sort of, I said it in the flash in the pan, just, oh my gosh, he's hot, he's humble, like he's mine. <laughs> I had no idea, I'm not joking, 
I had no idea 10 years later, I'd be walking down the aisle marrying him. Now, I didn't go seek him out. I didn't go find him. Um, I just ended up applying to do my junior year abroad in London and uh, and also in Melbourne. And also I applied to transfer to UNC Chapel Hill and also UVA. And uh, and I was really nervous, like, I want to go to all these places. And if I get into all of them, where am I going to go? And I got the letter through and I got into LSE, which is the London School of Economics. And I went there for a year and I showed up at the boathouse and they had this really old rickety wooden boat. And there were like four guys and me. And I was like, this is not going to work. And they said, well, why don't you go in and try out for the University of London Boat Club? And I was like, oh, OK, well, I guess so if LSE is part of UL. And so I tried out for the team. I made the team. and I've been there a couple months. And one day we're cleaning the boats and I look up and there he is. There he is. The golden Adonis, this man that I just was like, oh, my gosh, he's so hot and humble. I'm going to marry him one day. And I was, mind you, I was only 20 at that point. So I had said it in the last year. And I was so embarrassed. I looked at one of my friends and I said, is that who I think it is? And she said, yeah. And uh, so just for some context, my husband then went on to win the gold medal in Sydney in the four with Steve Redgrave, Matthew Pinsent, and James Cracknell. So I go up to the gym and I'm already nervous because I know who he is and I know what I said. And I'm like, this is just freaky. And I'm doing power cleans. And apparently I was doing it the wrong way. Like my elbows were out, not in or whatever. And he came up to me to tell me how to do my power cleans properly. And I dropped the bar and I ran out of the room crying. <laughs> like, just, I was so starstruck and so embarrassed. And, uh, you know, fast forward to a couple months and uh, he, he'd gone off to Africa and come back from Africa. And we went to Spain as a team on a rowing camp. And the very first day I dislocated my elbow, fell over, dislocated my elbow. I couldn't cut my meat. So he offered to cut my meat for me. Right. So I was like, um, I'll take that because I, I can't do it myself. And that led to, you know, us falling in love when he was cutting my meat. But the point is, is that I I said it. I said what I wanted, even though I had no idea how it was going to come about. I really, really didn't. And that was the crazy thing. Now, you guys, I did not tell my husband this story. I was so scared that he would think I was so weird. I didn't tell him the story until after we were married and had two kids right? So I held on to that story for many, many years. Well, let me just say, we then dated for 10 months. We then broke up and didn't see each other for seven years. So I said that I wanted to do it, but then it didn't work out. And that's actually a good part of the story. It didn't work out for seven years. I didn't see him or speak to him for seven years. And then I ended up, um, I ended up at the Beijing Olympics and that's a whole nother story, but I ended up at the Beijing Olympics. He was there and we agreed to go out for cicadas and beer. 10 days later, he proposed. Right. So it's not like it was an easy peasy journey to get the thing, you know, that I would, you know, would have loved to have had. It didn't come overnight. It was actually we dated, we broke up, we, you know, we got back together. And it was it was a 10 year process from the time I said, I'm going to marry that man to the actual day that I walked down the aisle. Right. So. This is what I want to say to you. Stay focused on what you would love. Create that vision for your life. Tap into that vision and more importantly, tap into the feeling of that vision because it's the feeling of the vision that puts you on a higher vibration. When I wake up in the morning, every single morning, I sit in bed and I think about how much I love my life and I've learned how to generate a feeling of things that I'm grateful for and things that I'm proud of. And I do that every single morning. 
And then I do my brain priming. Then I do my vision statement. Then I do my yoga. Then I come downstairs and do all the other things I need to do, right? But you've got to create the vision before the vision can manifest. You can't just expect the vision to manifest itself without taking some time to do it. So if you're watching this live today, come to the vision workshop, techfixies.com forward slash vision workshop. It's on the 11th of July. Like I said, if you can't make that one, we, you can come and join the next one. We don't do a replay of the three hours, but we do have a one hour replay in case you can't make it. But I prefer you come and give yourself the time. Uh, and when, it, when you're thinking about your dream job, just know that it's out there. You just haven't found it yet. And take the tips and hints that I've given you in this podcast to actually start moving in the right direction. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening. There have been some gorgeous comments in here. Um, Claire says, uh, she says, you're a joy as ever. Your talk today truly resonated for me. Thank you so much. I'd like to join you on the 11th of July to begin to define my dream. Yes, Claire, please come and do that with us. I would love that. Um, Kelly says, oh my gosh, I watched that race and I watched them win. And I remember screaming with joy when they won. Isn't that fun? Um, Julie, great to see you, Julie. She says, I haven't listened in a while. So great to hear from you today. Oh, and Abby says, I love your t-shirt. Yes, my t-shirt's from Palm Tiddly Palm. They just sent it to me and I just absolutely love it. And Julie is moving forward with her vision in Cornwall. Now, if you don't know about Julie's vision, I did a podcast with her. It's one of my favorite podcasts from, I don't know if it was 2020 or 2021. Uh, we'll put that into the show notes um, about her house in Cornwall that she manifested and uh, and actually now is moving forward with. I love it. Gail says, thank you for this useful information. Most grateful. You are most welcome. I am so thankful for that. Uh, and Abby says, thank you for creating, helping us to create our visions. And I know what Abby's is, and I'm really excited about it. Um, it's, and I'm just checking on Instagram. There's some beautiful comments in there too. Thank you, Paulina, for joining us. And uh, Dart Ella, I hope that gave you some um, good advice to move forwards with. Thank you for being here today. And I'm just going to see if there's any other comments. Mariella says, thank you, Joy. You are so, such a fab coach. I will go back and on, um, on to what I would love. Yes, that's the way we're going to finish today. What would you love? 